now for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, to catch us up on This Week in History. Good morning. How are well, you? Well, good morning. We thought this would be a sleepy little show that would just talk about history, but instead we're in historic times, and that's always uh, the most fun. Uh, this week is some a couple of... <laughs> Everyone listening like, I'm not having fun at all. I do not want to <laughs> yes, be living I these historic dare, times. I dare people to have fun. <laughs> that, is, that is the challenge here. <laughs> Made much easier if you listen to WCHL anytime. You will... You're, you're, we try not to make it harder, at oh, least. Oh, yeah. it, it, is, it, is, it is fun and meaningful. It is great. It's great radio. Um, there's a couple of things that happened this week that just come up. One is the... 252nd anniversary of something that happens here in North Carolina, the Battle of Alamance in 1771, May 16th. Um, and it's a fairly calamitous uh, battle, uh, and it's very violent. Uh, these are protesters called the Regulators, and they came out of a group of people in the western part of the state, especially during the 1760s when uh, North Carolina as an English colony uh, was the fastest-growing colony of the 13 and had immigrants from all over the country uh, and from abroad uh, coming in. And they were spreading into this large, what was then an Orange County comprising of about 10 different counties uh, today. And uh, on May 16th, they kept raising questions about fees and taxes. They're paying fees. There's limited amount of money. And it seems to be going into the pockets of local officials because that's exactly how they were paid. Yep. You collect the taxes, you can keep a portion over and above. But they still were not collecting all the taxes. A lot of it was going into the pockets. And they kept uh, raising questions, petitioning. Uh, the governor was also a part of this. The English colonial governor was part of this system, even though he'd been charged uh, as part of his mission to address this, he was actually benefiting from it. So uh, there was nothing to make him stop. But the things that happened in Hillsborough in 1770, six months earlier, when a group of impatient uh, uh, citizens uh, rise up and they literally tear down the house of one of these local officials, Edmund Fanning, uh, they think it's kind of funny and a kind of rough frontier humor. Well, you know, we're just doing to him what he's done to us. However, he doesn't think it's funny, nor does his good friend, uh, uh, Governor Tryon. Mm. So Governor Tryon uh, marches out to this part of the state. He has cannon. He has mercenary army. He's looks like outnumbered, like 1,100 uh, men armed. And the uh, people who are called regulators, basically the people are raising questions, just like any American complaining and raising questions, um, they're, they hear about it and start marching toward it. They meet in Alamance, and there is this epic battle. It's a one-and-done deal. It goes on quite a long time. Some accounts put it at two and a half hours. Um, and by the end of it, by the next day, uh, the accounts vary. And it's uh, later on accounts that look like there was much more loss of life than even mm. the Boston Massacre, which had five people the year before. Those soldiers are defended by John Adams. Um, in this case, that doesn't happen, and um, it, it's, it goes to the core of how we start switching over to 
really these fundamental principles of fairness. Right. And um, let me start like in just the run up to the American Revolution. Like oh, you think yes. about uh, think about like people who thought of themselves as British subjects right up until the point when the Absolutely. revolution happened, and then the switch occurs. But this is one of those things where you know what maybe we're at odds with the British, and that's here's right. another example of that. Another thing that's another thing that's interesting. Like we've talked about this, like the extent to which when we tell the story of American history, so right. often it's from a New England perspective, like the right. Pilgrims landed in 1620, and then all this stuff happened in Boston. Then Lexington conquered. Yes. Lexington yeah. conquered the Tea Party, the Boston Massacre, Boston, right. Boston, Boston stuff. Maybe you incorporate a little bit of Jamestown in there, and Ben Franklin <laughs> comes to Philadelphia, and he's super important because you know he was from Boston originally. <laughs> and it's all very New England focused, but you could just as easily yeah. tell that story from uh, from a, a more Southern perspective. Uh, do you know uh, Fitzhugh Brundage, the historian? No, UNC historian. He's just out with a book called A New History of the American South. Oh, wonderful. Uh, which I'm not sure if it's actually out out yet, but I got to read an advanced copy because I'll be talking with him on the air next week. And oh, this great. is a fascinating book that wonderful. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a regional history book, yeah. but it also kind of leads into that idea that you can tell the story of American history yeah. writ large by focusing on this region. We don't usually, but we can. Well, it really goes to our license plates, which say first in freedom and certainly uh, North Carolina does that. And the aftermath is you think that suppressed things. It didn't. Uh, there were still questions, and North Carolina becomes one of the first colonies to actively pursue becoming an independent state, yep. setting up its own legislature and its own uh, sense of government and uh, its own sense of constitution. And, and that then nudging is, all the yes, other colonies to do it, too. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so you can really trace those origins, if you want to say, other places had people who were really good writers and people like John Adams and Sam Adams and uh, Thomas Jefferson and so We just other. had violent frontier we, humor, but, well, you know, every little bit helps. <laughs> well, that's right. But it was part of uh, that I think also pops up this week is another thing that is along this line of uh, fairness, which is uh, This has to be your last one, by the okay. way. Yeah. Uh, May 17th, 1954 is when the Supreme Court issues uh, its unanimous opinion that this idea of schools being separate but equal is uh, defunct. And, of course, that goes back to Plessy versus Ferguson, the end of the 19th century. But it grew out of a case in Topeka, Kansas, where um, uh, there were parents, uh, a number of them, and one of them was this uh, fellow, Mr. Brown, and he was the, the male plaintiff. All the rest were, the rest were women. And um, so his name, got. they thought, well, maybe we'll get a better hearing if we put his name. So he had a, he had a daughter, third grade. They lived in an integrated neighborhood. And she recounted later in an interview how she was so forward looking to going to school, uh, the one that's real close, but it was a white-only school. Mm -hmm. And her disappointment, and she couldn't understand why when she goes to enroll, uh, with her father, uh, she hears uh, angry voices, and then she can't go to be with her own teammates. Well, this leads, of course, to this epic tale. And that was in 1951, um, and by 1954, May 17th is when this this tremendous uh, ruling it ta will take a number of more years, and the Civil Rights Act of uh, 1964, and continuing actions. But it's something about the American character. Uh, whether we going back 252 years to Alamance, going further up to 1954 and beyond, that fundamentally marks who we are as a people is to 
be fair and to seek it. And if we don't see it, we know it. And we'll speak up and speak out. Until we find it. Yes. And that is how history matters. Scott Washington, as always, thank you so thank much. You.